This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Robin Cotter. Toronto, Ontario, November 2006. The Rosary by Florence L. Barclay. Chapter 16. The Doctor Finds a Way. And now, as to ways and means, said the doctor, when Jane felt better, you must leave by the night mail from Euston the day after tomorrow. Can you be ready? I am ready, said Jane. You must go as Nurse Rosemary Gray. I don't like that, Jane interposed. I should prefer a fictitious name. Suppose the real Rosemary Gray turned up, or someone who knows her. My dear girl, she is halfway to Australia by now, and you will see no one up there but the household and the doctor. Anyone who turned up would be more likely to know you. We must take these risks. Besides, in case of complications arising, I will give you a note, which you can produce at once, explaining the situation, and stating that in agreeing to fill the breach you consented at my request to take the name, in order to prevent any necessity for explanations to the patient, which at this particular juncture would be most prejudicial. I can honestly say this, it being even more true than appears. So you must dress the part, Jane, and endeavour to look the part, so far as your five-foot-eleven will permit, for please remember that I have described you to Dr. Mackenzie as a pretty, dainty little thing, refined and elegant, and considerably more capable than she looks. Dickie, he will instantly realise that I am not the person mentioned in your letter. Not so, dear. Remember, we have to do with a Scotchman, and a Scotchman never realises anything instantly. The Gaelic mind works slowly, though it works exceedingly sure. He will be exceeding sure, when he has contemplated you for a while, that I am a vera poor judge o' women, and that Nurse Grey is a far finer woman than I described. But he will have already created for Dalmain, from my letter, a mental picture of his nurse, which is all that really matters. We must trust to Providence that old Robbie does not proceed to amend it by the original. Try to forestall any such conversation. If the good doctor seems to mistrust you, take him on one side, show him my letter, and tell him the simple truth. But I do not suppose this will be necessary. With the patient, you must remember the extreme sensitiveness of a blind man's hearing. Tread lightly. Do not give him any opportunity to judge of your height. Try to remember that you are not supposed to be able to reach the top shelf of an eight-foot bookcase without the aid of steps or a chair. And when the patient begins to stand and walk, try to keep him from finding out that his nurse is slightly taller than himself. This should not be difficult, one of his fixed ideas being that in his blindness he will not be touched by a woman. His valet will lead him about. And, Jane, I cannot imagine any one who has ever had your hand in his failing to recognize it. So I advise you, from the first, to avoid shaking hands— but all these precautions do not obviate the greatest difficulty of all. Your voice. Do you suppose for a moment he will not recognize that? 
"'I shall take the bull by the horns in that case,' said Jane. "'And you must help me. "'Explain the fact to me now, "'as you might do if I were really Nurse Rosemary Gray, "'and had a voice so like my own.' "'The doctor smiled. "'My dear Nurse Rosemary,' he said, "'you must not be surprised if our patient detects "'a remarkable similarity between your voice "'and that of a mutual friend of his and mine.' "'I have constantly noticed it myself.' "'Indeed, sir,' said Jane. "'And may I know whose voice mine so closely resembles?' "'The Honourable Jane Champions,' said the doctor, "'with the delightful smile with which he always spoke to his nurses. "'Do you know her?' "'Slightly,' said Jane. "'And I hope to know her better and better as the years go by.' "'Then they both laughed. "'Thank you, Dickie.' "'Now I shall know what to say to the patient. "'Ah, but the misery of it! "'Think of it being possible thus to deceive Garth, "'Garth, of the bright, keen, all-perceiving vision. "'Shall I ever have the courage to carry it through? "'If you value your own eventual happiness and his, "'you will, dear. "'And now I must order the brougham "'and speed you to Portland Place, "'or you will be late for dinner, "'a thing the Duchess cannot overlook.' as you very well know, even in a traveller returned from round the world. And if you take my advice, you will tell your kind, sensible old aunt the whole story, omitting, of course, all moonlight details, and consult her about this plan. Her shrewd counsel will be invaluable, and you may be glad of her assistance later on. They rose and faced each other on the hearth rug. Boy, said Jane with emotion, "'You have been so good to me, and so faithful. "'Whatever happens, I shall be grateful always.' "'Hush,' said the doctor. "'No need for gratitude when long-standing debts are paid. "'Tomorrow I shall not have a free moment, "'and I foresee the next day is very full also. "'But we might dine together at Euston at seven, "'and I will see you off. "'Your train leaves at eight o'clock.' getting you to Aberdeen soon after seven the next morning, and out to Glenish in time for breakfast. You will enjoy arriving in the early morning light, and the air of the moors braces you wonderfully. Thank you, Stoddart. Miss Champion is ready. Hello, Flower. Look up, Jane. Flower and Dickie and Blossom are hanging over the topmost banisters, dropping you showers of kisses, "'Yes, the river you mentioned does produce a veritable garden of the Lord. "'God send you the same, dear. "'And now sit well back and lower your veil. "'I remember you don't wear them. "'Wise girl. "'If all women followed your example, "'it would impoverish the opticians. "'Why? "'Oh, constant focusing on spots, for one thing. "'But lean back, for you must not be seen "'if you are supposed to be still in Cairo, "'waiting to go up the Nile.' "'And look here,' the doctor put his head in at the carriage window. "'Very plain luggage, mind, the sort of thing nurses speak of as my box, "'with a very obvious R.G. on it.' "'Thank you, boy,' whispered Jane. "'You think of everything.' "'I think of you,' said the doctor. "'And in all the hard days to come, Jane often found comfort "'in remembering those last quiet words.' End of chapter 16